How's everybody doing today? Everybody feel good? Come on, Elevate, you guys look amazing this morning. I hope you all know that. It's always, always great to see everybody. I hope everybody is ready to hear from the Lord today. I know I sure am. We wanna welcome you today to Elevate Ministries. We're glad that you decided to be a part of our service this morning to everybody that's in this place. We are glad that you're here. Everybody watching on the live stream, we're glad that you're here as well. You know, if you're here today and you wanna give to the Lord, we encourage you to do so. You know, our church is a giving church. And the only way the way that our church is able to be a giving church is because of beautiful people like you and me to give to the Lord, to give, give to elevate ministry so that we can do the work that God has mandated us to do in this earth. And we make it so easy for you to do so. It's wonderful. Check this out. You can give by text. Text to give. Just text the code, the letters EZ with the numbers 123. It's about as easy of a thing as you can possibly do. You can text that to 77977. Or you can give on the app, which is the easiest way to give. That is how I give. It's super, super simple. So we encourage you to do that or if you reject all forms of technology that's okay too in the back of the church there are two glowing blue boxes that have e missions on them you can give that way as well but we appreciate your giving god appreciates your giving and 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 i can tell you right now that this is a church that takes what comes in and uses it to further the kingdom of god through elevate ministries it's amazing we want to release our kids any kids that are in here we want to release you guys go and go to your classrooms and learn something great we love our kids. I'm so grateful for the kids of Elevate Ministries. Come on, give the kids a hand today. So grateful for our kids. We love them a lot. If you're watching on the live stream today, we want you to know that you are welcome. We're glad that you joined with us. I want to say hi to my mom, my dad, and my sister Carrie, who I believe are watching right now. They're, they're kind of taking a trip. My dad's a pastor on the East Coast, but they decided it's time to get out. We've been shut up long enough, so they're, they're taking a trip to some of the national parks over here on the left side of the uh, country. So hi, guys. Great to see you. Welcome. Glad that you guys decided to join us as well. How many people enjoyed the 10-4 conference last week? Oh man, what an amazing, amazing conference we had. We had a morning session and an evening session. Both of our 8.30 service and our 10.30 service joined together in the morning and we had a whole van full of guys that came out from the Albuquerque church that joined in with us, Pastor Valentino and Jennifer and a whole group of people, which was amazing. We had our pastors from uh, Tijuana, Mexico that came up and joined with us. We had our North Campus in Fullerton join in with us and it was a powerful, powerful, powerful time together. I think both of those sessions, morning and night, this place was basically about as full as it could be, which is such an amazing thing considering what's going on in our world today. But the people of God are hungry for God, amen? The people of God are hungry to hear from him and they weren't gonna miss it for the world and I don't, bl I don't blame them. But yeah, the 10-4 conference, you know, I think our pastors come up with the best conference themes. Ever since I started coming to this church about six and a half years ago or whatever, uh, they, they've always come up with the best themes. The 10-4 conference, I remember they had the semicolon conference, which means God's not done. Because you know what a semicolon is? It means the sentence isn't over. It's like it's over, but it's not over. There's a whole nother part. And the theme was God is not done. It was such a great conference. They always come up with great themes. I know their creativity, Pastor Adam, Pastor Karen, the creativity that they have, it really leads the way for our staff and inspires us to do the best we can with what we have here at Elevate, and I'm just excited about it. Also, the Wednesday nights this month, 
We, we're, what we're doing is we're calling them the 10 fours. It's four people speaking for 10 minutes each. And this past week, it was, let's see, who was it? It was Danny Ariano, it was Scott Peters, it was Joe Menchaca, and Pastor Adam, and they just brought the word this past Wednesday, which was amazing, which was just awesome. So our conference theme was 10-4, but this whole month, our theme is 10-code. Someone say, 10-code. 10-code. Our theme this entire month is 10-code. How many know what 10-code is? Not many people know what 10-code is. That's okay, because only two weeks ago, I had no idea what it was either, but I know what it is now. 10-code, this is, this is kind of cool. The 10-code, it's a communication system that's used by law enforcement to make their radio exchanges both clearer and more efficient. And the most common one, and we all know this one, is 10-4, right? 10-4. We all know what 10-4 is. We've known it since we were kids. I remember when I, when I was uh, uh, just a little, a little tyke, I remember that uh, my mom and dad, they got me a, a, a walkie-talkie set for Christmas. And I remember one of, the, one of the parts, it was like a little plastic CB radio, which, was, which is the one that I wanted. That was awesome. And then there was like this headset walkie-talkie, and it was awesome. And so me and my sister, Carrie, we would use these, and we'd be in two different parts of the house, and we would just spy on my mom. That's what we would do. We would, come on, come on, how many were kids? once, you know, you, you spy on your, your mom, you know, so we're spying on your, on my mom, you know what I mean, um, and I've got the CB radio, I'm like, where is she now, and Carrie's like, you know, she's in the kitchen, 10-4, awesome, you know what I mean, that, that was like the extent of our, our spying capabilities, but even at that young age, we knew what 10-4 means, I think we've all heard 10-4, it means message received, or Roger, or affirmative, or whatever you want to say, 10-4, but there's a whole list of codes within the 10-code system, for example, 10-9 means repeat, or say it again, 1017, it means in route. Or it means I'm on my way. That's what 1017 means. How about 1030? It means use caution. Use caution. Where's Joe Menchaca? Where's he at? He's in here somewhere. Joe Menchaca used to be a, uh, a law enforcement officer, so, so he knows all of these. And almost every scenario or situation that is found or, 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 or that any, any, any law enforcement officer finds themselves in, there is a code within this system that, is, that explains that scenario in a way that is the most efficient with the least amount of misunderstandings. So that when they're talking over radio and all that kind of stuff, they can communicate it quickly and efficiently. So in keeping with this theme, today is the 11th of October, which is the code 1011. Right? 1011. So we kind of were like, well, let's see what 1011 is. 1011 means on radio and listening. On radio and listening. Someone say on radio and listening. And listening. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But first, let's pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, that your, 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 your voice, Lord, would be heard this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we sit here and we, and we talk through these things, Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak into our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would leave here knowing something maybe that we didn't know before. Lord, I pray that you would use the words up here, Lord, to, to, to get this, this communication across. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 1011. Someone say 1011 on radio and listening. Listening. Listening is a life lesson all within itself. How many would agree with that? Everyone in their life needs to learn how to listen because there are so many things that you cannot do in life if you don't know how to listen. For example, you cannot have a conversation without listening. 
right? How many, well, like, what if you had a conversation with someone and neither of you stopped talking? It would not work. It's not a conversation. You're just talking at one another, and that's kind of the extent of it. You can't have a conversation without listening. It's very difficult. There's not a whole lot of learning going on without listening. There's some visual learning, but let's be honest, most learning happens through listening, and it requires listening to learn. You, uh, you can't really know somebody without listening. You can't really get to know anyone unless you're willing to listen. You know, it's like, it's like the person that goes out on the date and they do nothing but talk about themselves the whole time, and, and they never listen. Well, it's probably not gonna work out so well. You know? And in the same way, marriage will not work without listening. Marriage will fail every time without listening. There's a lot to be said about someone who takes the time to listen. There's something to be said about someone who takes the time to listen. Now, I have two kids, both of them are nine months old, and when they were first born, they were these little tiny things, and let me be honest, there was no listening going on. There was no listening going on. These, they were two little babies, all they do is eat and poop, and they just, they just lay there and sleep, and then not sleep and cry, and that's about it. There was no listening. I couldn't talk to my kids, well, I could talk to them, but they weren't listening, they weren't hearing anything I was saying, and they didn't care. But the older that they got, the more my kids begin to grow, the more they learn how to listen. In fact, just yesterday, my daughter Lily was sitting in her little pen on, uh, uh, in the room, and I remember I was sitting kind of behind her, and she was watching Moana on the, on the TV. And she was watching Moana. Moana's a great movie. I really used to like Moana uh, when we first started playing it. But uh, the unfortunate thing is my, my well... Let's just be honest, my, my daughter loves Moana, and she watched it from the very beginning, and, and she watched it, it was great. I was like, this is such a great movie for my daughter to watch. It's so great. And then she watched it again. And then she watched it again, and again. And then the next day, she watched it again, and again. And every day since, she's probably watched it anywhere from one to four times. And so I have a deep and profound hatred for the movie Moana. Can any parents in here say, amen? It's a horrible movie. Anyway, so my daughter's watching Moana, right? She's, she's kind of in her own little world and she's staring up at the TV. So I just kind of looked at my daughter and I just said, Lily, nothing. Lily, still nothing. And I just began to a little bit louder, a little bit more energy. Lily, Lily, Lily. And at some point, my daughter starts to kind of do one of these. Right? She starts kind of looking around because she knows daddy's calling my name. I can hear it. I'm listening. I can hear it. Daddy, where are you? Daddy, where are you? Because even at her young age, she was learning how to listen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? She's understanding what listening is even from a young age. She might even know what 10-4 means. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, she's still learning how to listen. This morning, we're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, and in the beginning of this book, there's a story that probably describes listening almost as well as any story in the whole Bible, and it's the first story of the, of the, the prophet Samuel. Now, Samuel, he was one of the great judges of Israel and, and, uh, in the Old Testament, and he was a powerful prophet. He was anointed by God, and in fact, he was the last of the prophets, not the prophets, he was the last of the judges of Israel. Now, most of the judges of Israel, they can be found in the book of Judges, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, but Samuel's life was so significant and so powerful that two Old Testament books are named after him, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And even in the very beginning of his life, 
the very beginning of Samuel's life was very significant. I'd like to explain it to you here like this. Samuel's father's name was Elkanah. Can somebody say Elkanah? Interesting name. And his mother's name was Hannah. And they were from the hills of Ephraim. And every year they would travel to this this place, this town or whatever called Shiloh, where the, the temple of God was. And the Bible says that they would go there every year and they would pray to God and they would sacrifice to God and all of that. And they would do this every year in Shiloh. Now, before, before Samuel was born, the Bible says that Hannah, his mother, was barren. She was unable to have children. And, and the Bible says that she would go to the temple of God and she would just weep before God and she would weep before for the Lord because she was unable to have children. Now, if you know my story and my wife's story, that strikes a chord with us. We weren't able to have kids for about six and a half years of trying, and it was a, it was a really difficult, it was a really difficult time in our lives, so we understand, I understand the anguish and, and the weeping and, and, the, and the pain that goes with that. It's something I wouldn't wish on anyone, and we prayed and we prayed month after month and year after year, and, and as I said, it's something that took about six years, a little more than six years, and nevertheless, Nevertheless, God has proven his goodness and his faithfulness. As you know, you know our, our, our story. We now have two beautiful kids, Enzo and Lily, which is amazing. And it's a similar story with Samuel's mother, Hannah. On this particular occasion, worshiping at the temple of God, she prayed. And she prayed and she weeped before the Lord at the temple in Shiloh. And she, she was weeping before God by herself, kind of off to the corner and, and, and just to herself and crying. And, and she just said, God, if you would just give me a son. God, if you would only just give me a son. If you would do that for me, Lord, then I will dedicate him to your service all the days of his life. If you would just give me a son, I'll dedicate his whole life to your service. And she put that all into God's hands. She put it all into God's hands. She said, I want a son, but I'm putting it in your hands. And so it says then that the next day they arose and they worshiped before God in the temple at Shiloh. They traveled back home again. After that, Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah. Can somebody say amen? And God, it says, remembered her and she gave birth to Samuel. She gave birth to Samuel. Now, I think God believes that anything that's worth doing is worth overdoing. I think God believes that. How many have ever been blessed by God? You say, I've experienced the blessing of God. How many know that when God blesses, he doesn't go halfway? When God blesses, he does it in an overabundance. That's the way it works. That's the way he does it. Because what ended up happening is God actually gave her, after Samuel, three more sons and two daughters. So, so Hannah went from being completely barren, unable to have any children, weeping before the Lord year after year, to having six children. It's an amazing, amazing story because God is a nevertheless kind of God. Just like Pastor Adam spoke last week at our conference. God is a nevertheless kind of God. So after having Samuel, the Bible says that Hannah kept her promise to God and she placed him in the service of the Lord under the priest Eli. And Samuel grew up in service to God. He lived at the temple. He worshiped God in the temple. He learned about God there. And it all prepared him for what was about to take place in his life. This first story about Samuel, this very special story that we've all heard numerous times in Sunday school growing up, or maybe you're hearing it for the first time today, who knows? But keep in mind what we're talking about here. We're talking about the code 1011, which means on radio and listening. 
1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Now the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Now in those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Verse 3. Now the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he got up and he ran, and he ran to, the, to, to Eli the priest, and he said, here I am, you called me, you called me. But Eli said, I, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. So he went back and he lied down. And verse six, it says again, the Lord said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and he ran to Eli, he said, here I am, here I am, you called me. And Eli says, my son, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. Verse seven, it says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8, it says, A third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. Then, he, then Samuel arose and he ran to Eli. He said, Here I am. I'm here. You called me. That's just what I think he probably did. I, that's not in the scripture. But I would imagine he's probably like, "What? Well, you're calling me. You're totally calling me. And Eli says, It says, it says then, it says, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Verse 9, it says, So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he laid back in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as he did the other times. And he said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Or we could say, Speak, Lord, your servant is 10, 11, on radio and listening. Now, this is a very famous story. This is one of the most famous stories in Samuel's life. Now, God goes on in this story. He speaks to Samuel. It's an amazing, amazing thing what happens, and, and it really sets the course of Samuel's destiny, and for the rest of his life, God is not only speaking to him, but speaks through him. He's speaking to kings. He's speaking to nations. He's speaking to rulers, religious rulers, political leaders. Samuel's being used for unbelievable things because of this. Now, I want to talk about three things that I have found in this story that help us to understand how hearing from God actually works. I want to talk about three things. Three things. Now, just like any story in the Bible, if you take it, if you break it down, and if you chew on it, if you dissect it, if you take it and ponder it, God begins to reveal things to you. Not just me, not just Pastor Adam, not just Pastor Kerry, not just Pastor Carl. He will do it for you as well. You do not need a speaker on a stage to hear from God. Did you know that? You do not need a speaker on the stage. If you're here today and you're a believer, the only thing that you need is the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and you can hear from God. Okay? Just throwing that out there. Make sure that you know that. Now, I want to talk about three things that I have found after working on this story, thinking about this story, pondering this story, reading this over and over again. God begins to reveal things about how he works and how hearing from God works. The first thing that I found is this. God doesn't compete. Someone say, God doesn't compete. God does not compete. What does that mean? Well, have you ever been in a conversation with several people? We'll say a small crowd of people, and we'll say it's a 
heated conversation or a very serious conversation, you'll find very quickly that there are two kinds of people. You'll have the kind of person that every single thing that comes into their mind, it comes out their mouth. My mom calls it diarrhea of the mouth. So everything that comes into their mind comes out their mouth and they say everything, every opinion that they think of, boom, it's out there. They dominate the conversation. No one else can get a word in edgewise. If they think it, you hear it. That's the way it goes. But then there's another kind of person. And usually these two people exist in almost every conversation with a group of people. You got that person that just kind of takes a step back, just listens for a while, listens to one side, listens to the other side, and just kind of thinks, thinks a lot about everything that's being said. And that person usually waits for the perfect moment to interject into the conversation. And what you'll find is that every single time this person opens their mouth, everyone else stops talking. And that person says everything that they need to say because they waited for the right time to speak. Has anybody ever, ever been around a group of people and you've noticed those two different kinds of people? Come on, yes you have, yes you have. Those two kinds of people exist. Proverbs chapter 15 says, the heart of the righteous weighs their answers, but the mouth of the wicked just gushes evil. Proverbs, in seven, Proverbs 17, it says this, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent, and they're thought to be discerning if they hold their tongues. There is great wisdom in knowing when and when not to speak. Are you with me today? There's great wisdom in knowing when and when not to speak. And this is something that God understands more than anyone. God knows when to and when not to speak. This is why he says, if you, if you, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He says, seek me. Because God's not going to compete for the other voices from the other voices in your life. He has no desire to combat every other voice that's speaking to you. He's not going to combat it. There's no reason for it. He's going to wait for the perfect moment to interject into your life. That's the way God works. That's what he does. God is not going to shout over the noise at you to get your attention. So it sounds to me like if you and I want to hear the voice of God, and let's be honest, if we are the people of God, we need to be hearing the voice of God. Amen. So if we want to hear the voice of God, then we have to get away from the noise. Are you with me? We have to get away from the noise. Well, what is noise? What is noise? Well, our, our lives are full of noise. Your life is full of noise. And by the way, not every noise is a bad noise. Sometimes they're great noises, good noises, bad noises. Our lives are full of them, but they are noise nonetheless. For example, social media is noise. Amen. Social media. Politics is noise. It is so noisy. Sports is noise. It is noise, especially lately, it is noise. Fear is noise. Fear is noise, it's noise. Sin is noise. It's noisy and it's loud. Entertainment is very noisy. Entertainment is noise. Culture is noise. Culture is noise. Your opinion, by the way, is noise. And the opinions of others is noise. Guess what? Noise is noise. If you're like me and you're trying to listen for something, other noises, even if it's just noise, it just completely 
draws you away. I remember when I was homeschooled. Don't laugh. I was homeschooled, and uh, I remember I would always sit there and I'd try to do my work, but if I was near a window or I could hear something outside or I could hear a bird or something like that, I was always just like, you know what I mean? That was, noise always just totally ruined my attention. It was not able to work. So even noise is noise. So why did God speak to Samuel while he was laying in the temple at night? Why did God speak to him then? Why, why didn't God speak while Samuel was worshiping? Why didn't he speak to Samuel while Samuel was at the altar worshiping before the Lord? Why was Samuel spent days worshiping God. He spent so much time worshiping before the Lord. Why didn't God speak to him then? Did you know that worship can be noise? Did you know that? Sometimes your worship can be noise. Worship is good. Don't get me wrong. We believe in worship 100% here, but it's still noise. God is looking for the quiet. He's looking for the time when you put your your mind and focus on him with no noise. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for those moments. Why didn't God speak to Samuel through the priest, Eli? Why didn't he speak to him through Eli? Samuel had regular communication with Eli. Why is it that God didn't speak to him through Eli? Because sometimes the voice of others is noise. It's noise. It's noise. God waited until Samuel was in his bed. There was no noise. And because of this, Samuel heard the voice of God. Samuel heard the voice of God. The thing is, in today's world, the noise never seems to stop. Even at nighttime. Come on, we go to bed with the TV on, right? Which is, there's nothing wrong with that. How many people go to bed with the TV on? Come on, raise your hands. And you go to bed with the TV on. Yeah, why? Because it lulls you to sleep. It's wonderful. And then you get up the next morning early and you rush out of the, out of the house and you go to work and you work hard all day. You come home in the evening, you think, oh, I'm tired. You put your feet up, turn on the TV, and you fall asleep again with the TV on. That's the way it goes in our world today. But if God speaks in the quiet stillness, then we as individual Christians are responsible to take the time to create an environment where God can speak. Are you with me today? We have to create an environment for God to speak into our hearts. The scripture in Revelations 3 that we heard over and over again last Sunday at the 10-4 conference says, he who has an ear, let him hear. We even sang it this morning in the first song. He who has an ear, let him hear. But that scripture is an exhortation. It's not a guarantee. He who has an ear, let him hear. It's an exhortation and not a guarantee. Because just because you have ears, it doesn't mean that you can hear. Just because you have ears, it doesn't mean that you can hear. And just because you can hear, it doesn't mean that you're listening. Just because you can hear, it doesn't mean that you are listening. Let me explain this maybe in terms that you would recognize. Um, there are a lot of guys here, a lot of men who are married here. Now, I already told my wife I was going to do this. So don't think that she's over there going to be all upset. I love you, baby. Th- this isn't me that doing this. You know, I don't do this. But anyway, but how many, come on, you guys, you know how it is. Your wife, our wives talk, right? They say lots of things, and we can hear them. We can hear them. But how many you know we're not always listening? Come on, guys, you got to help me out here. We're not always, come on, okay, look, here's the, maybe when you hear this, maybe the, the I want to tell you about my day. I want to tell you about my day. And, 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 and she's talking and talking about her day, and you're just like, yeah, uh-huh. What? Really? No, you didn't. No way. 
<laughs> that's crazy, sweetheart. Right? We're not listening at all. We're not listening at all. And they know it, and it, they, we get in a lot of trouble for it. But women, it's the same thing with you. Come on. You're in, the, you're in the car. You're on your way to church in the morning with your husband. Or maybe you're, you're going somewhere else, and you're doing that thing in, in the mirror. You know that thing that you do when you're, you're putting on your makeup in the mirror of the car? And you're like, you know, one of these kinds. Of, you know, that thing, that, 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 that wand that you guys use? And you're like, nah. and you're, you're putting on the, the eye stuff. And, 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 and your husband's in the seat next to you, and he's just ranting and raving about every little thing that, that's gone wrong in, the, day, in the, the whole morning and he's mad at the car in front of him. This actually might just be us. I, I don't know, sweetheart. This might, but he's, he's mad at the car in front of him for not driving properly or fast enough and he's talking and talking and talking and you're just, you can hear him, right, ladies? You can hear him. Boy, you can hear him, but you're not listening. You're kind of tuning him out. Or maybe parents, maybe, maybe with you guys, maybe how many parents are here and you've said to your kids, hey, are you listening? How many parents have said that? I'm sure that I'm going to say that a lot, especially to my daughter, Lily. I have a feeling. But, oh, come on, parents have said it so many times. I've heard it from my parents. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? Not can you hear me. Are you listening to me? There's a big difference between hearing and listening. Are you with me today? Big difference between hearing and listening. And God is not going to compete for other noises in our lives. He speaks to those who have ears to hear, but unless we are listening for his voice, we we will never hear it. If we are not listening for his voice, we will never hear it. And the amazing thing about it is the more you listen for God, the more you recognize what he sounds like. The more you listen and hear the voice of God, the more that you recognize what he sounds like. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. They know, they, I know them and they follow me. The more time spent listening for his voice, the easier it is to hear it because we know what it sounds like. Now, when we first got, uh, when we first had our babies earlier this year, they were just little babies and my wife, my wife, she would, always, she would hear everything. She would hear every little noise that they would make and she would always be like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And I'm just like, well, hear, hear what? And she's like, did you hear that noise? Was that, was that the babies? I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm trying to sleep. And she's like, but, but did you, I heard something. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I heard? I, I don't know what you heard. What did you hear? Well, I don't know. She, did you, I heard something. Did you hear something? Go check on the babies. Go check. And I'm just like, uh, and it was very confusing. But today, my wife isn't that scatterbrained. Believe me, I'm just, I'm kind of exaggerating here. But today, my wife, we can be in our living room watching the TV, and we can be watching something, and the babies can be in a whole nother room playing and having a good time and watching Moana. And, uh, and they, can be, they can be doing their own thing, and it doesn't matter almost what's going on in the house. My wife can hear and identify every single possible thing that happens with those children. She knows which baby it is. She's like, oh, that's Enzo. It is? She's like, oh, that's Lily. It is? She's like, oh, uh, Lily's hungry. How do you know I can hear it? Uh, you can? And she's like, I can tell. Yeah, I can just tell. She, she, she knows when they're tired. She knows when they're upset. She, she knows when they're fighting. She'll be like, oh, the kids are fighting. I'm like, they are? Yeah, they're fighting. Just can you go and you just go, go. So I'll go in the other room and Moana is on the thing and they're singing and Lily has, sure enough, Lily's got a handful of Enzo's hair and she's doing one of those <laughs> things and Enzo's just like, and so she can tell, she can tell that, they're, that everything that's going on with those babies, why? Because she has spent so much time listening for them, she knows exactly what they sound like. And what every single little noise that they make 
means. Are there any mothers in this place that can identify with that? Amen. And I know when, when we first had the babies, my wife would say this to me. She would say stuff like this. Turn the TV down. Don't make a lot of noise. Because I, I don't want my babies to have to compete with any other noise to hear my or to, for, for, excuse me, I don't want my babies to have to compete with any other noise to get my attention. I don't want them to have to compete with any other noise. Keep the noise down. I want to hear the babies. I want to hear the babies. And God's the same way. God doesn't want to compete with the noise. He doesn't want to compete with the noise because he wants to get in touch with you today. That's what God wants. God doesn't want to compete. Amen. The second thing that I noticed in this, in this, uh, uh, in this scripture is this, God is persistent. Someone say, God is persistent. God is persistent. If God wants to speak, believe me, he will take every opportunity to do so, provided we give him the opportunity. He'll take every single opportunity to speak to us. Four different times he called out, Samuel. Samuel, four different times he called to Samuel. I, I think that if I were God, probably after the second time calling, I would have been like, oh my, me, this, is, this kid is so not bright. I would have probably been very, very upset by that point. But no, God is persistent. Our God is persistent. Can you say amen? He is a persistent God because oftentimes you and I, we're a bit thick, right? We're a bit thick. Come on, we're, we're, we don't quite get it straight off the bat. Sometimes we don't get it. We're a bit thick. But he is a persistent God. He's a persistent God. How many of you, I mean, how many of you that are here would never have found the salvation of Christ if it wasn't for the persistence of God? Come on, if, if our God wasn't a persistent God, how many people here would have never, never experienced the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ if our God was not a persistent God? And because he is persistent, he desires for us to be also. Because he is persistent, he wants us to be too. It says in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now the word seek is a term of persistence. To seek something or to search for something requires persistence and a little bit of longevity. If I lose my keys, what do I do? I look everywhere to find my keys. I look under the couch. I look beside the couch. I go look over in the chair. I look in my bed. I don't know why they'd be in my bed, but I look in my bed. I look in the dresser. I look on the dresser. I look on the kitchen couch. I look everywhere to find my keys until I find them. Because if you're gonna seek something, you have to have some persistence. I don't go, oh gee, I lost my keys. I wonder if they're right here. Nope, they're not there. Well, I guess I don't have keys. No, we don't do that. See, to seek something, to search something, to search out something and to find it requires persistence and longevity. And God's persistence is amazing. God's persistence is amazing and his patience is astounding. Now I want to look at something right at the beginning of our text that I find extremely interesting. It's the very first scripture that we read in the book of Samuel. Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And it says this. 
in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. It was rare. And there were not many visions. You know, to a lot of us, the voice of the Lord seems very rare. Very rare. How many Christians have gone through a point in your life where you feel like the voice of God feels very rare? Very rare in my life. I don't feel like I'm hearing from God. I don't feel like I'm hearing his voice. I don't feel like I, like I, I know him like I knew him. I, it just feels very rare. I mean, here's the truth, and this is a hard pillow, pill, not pillow. We don't swallow pillows, people. There's no pill, so pillow swallowing. No, but here's the truth, and this is a hard pill to swallow. If, if you, excuse me, I lost my spot here. Yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow, but if you, if you can't hear the voice of the Lord, and his voice is very rare in your life, the truth of it is, you probably haven't been listening. You probably haven't been listening for it, listening for his voice, because God is a God who speaks. Our God isn't a silent God, believe me. Our God is a God who speaks. He speaks to us, and he isn't going to just talk to the air. He's not just going to talk to the air. How many make a habit of going outside and just having a conversation with nobody? Nobody. We don't do that. And guess what? God doesn't do it either. God doesn't just go and speak to the air. He, he's, he's looking for someone who has an ear to hear. He's looking for someone who is, who is able and willing to listen for his voice. He is looking for whoever is 10-11. He's looking for a whoever, just like Pastor Adam spoke last week. Anyone can be a whoever. Anyone can be someone who listens for the voice of God. 10, 11, on radio and listening. I remember when I was a little kid, I was about six years old, five or six years old, and I remember that I, I had a, a best friend at the time when I was a little kid, and, and it was a girl, and her name was Brittany, and we were just these little kids, and we just were best buddies. Like, she was awesome. She was this little tomboy kid, and she was just awesome, and we went to church, you know, at the same church, and we would just play all the time, and it was great. And Brittany had some, some medical issues. She had some... She, had, she was on a lot of medications, and she had some serious, some serious medical issues. And I remember that the one day, I was at my house, and I remember feeling, and I remember I was very young, and I had this feeling, I, I have to pray for Brittany. I have to pray for Brittany. I don't know why. I was a little kid. I, I, I have to pray for Brittany. And I went to my mom, and I was like, Mom, we, we, have, to, we have to pray for Brittany. We have to pray for Brittany. And she's like, why? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We just have to pray for Brittany. And I remember my mom, she kind of gathered all my siblings together, and we we didn't know what we were praying for, but we, we prayed for Brittany, and, uh, and we, we just prayed, and that was the end of that. Come to find out that, that that day, that morning, when I felt like, oh, God, we have to pray for Brittany. I don't know why we have to pray for Brittany. I found out that that morning, Brittany had just been rushed to the hospital. She had just been rushed to the hospital with, with medical issues. I remember that day so vividly. I remember that day. Do you know that God doesn't care how old you are to speak to you? God doesn't care what age you are, young people. He, doesn't, he does not care whether you're youth, whether you're kids. He doesn't care what you've done in your life. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care how successful you are. He doesn't care how smart you are. He doesn't care what you have or haven't done. He doesn't care how gifted you are. He isn't looking to speak to people who have abilities. He's looking to speak to people people who have the availability to listen. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for availability. That's what he's looking for. Making yourself available consistently is a breeding ground for opportunity. Making yourself available consistently is a breeding ground for opportunity. How many know people that are available and reliable? 
It's a, it, it's a pretty big difference if there's someone that's not reliable and not available compared to someone who is available and reliable. If I get a job and I'm never on time and I'm always late and I'm not available and I'm not reliable, I'm probably not going to be able to keep that job for very long. Probably not. But if I get a job and I start at the bottom and I'm on there, I'm there on time every single day. Every single thing that my boss asks me to do, I do it. And every single time that I'm called by my boss, I'm on the phone and I'm reliable to do anything that they need me to do. Very quickly, you're going to find that you start to climb that ladder because availability and reliability are important in life and they're important when it comes to hearing from God. Making yourself available consistently is a breeding ground for opportunity and making yourself available to hear the voice of God results in communication with him like you've never experienced before. Just making yourself available to hear. We're talking about being 10-11, on radio and listening. God doesn't compete. God is persistent. And the third thing I want to talk today is this. God models what he expects. God models what he expects you know, God doesn't ask you to do anything that he doesn't already do. Do you know that? God doesn't, does, God doesn't ask you to do anything that he hasn't already done. But it's, and it's our prerogative as Christians to try and mimic the traits that he already has. He already has them. And it's for us to be a picture of the righteousness that he already is. He's already done what he asks for us to do. We forgive. Why? Because he forgave. We die to ourselves. Why? because he died. We give because he gave. We love because he loved. We carry our cross because he carried his. And we listen for his voice because he listens to us. He listens to us. You know, the, thir the, the first thing that Samuel is known for in scripture is the story that we read. The story where Samuel hears the voice of God. But check this out. Did you know that the meaning of Samuel's own name, the meaning of his own name is God has heard? Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. The meaning of Samuel's own name is God has heard. So Samuel is known for hearing God, and yet his own name shows the trait that God has already exemplified. Does that make sense? His, his own name shows the trait that God has already exemplified. The very existence of Samuel on this earth was made possible because God listened. The whole reason that Samuel existed was because God listened. God doesn't expect you to do anything that he doesn't already do. Where would we be if God never listened when we cried out for salvation? Where would we be? Where would we be, church, if, we, if God never listened when we cried out for salvation? What if he stopped listening when we called out to him for healing? What if he didn't listen? What if you call out to God for healing and he, he's nowhere to be found? What if, what if that were to happen? What if he stopped listening when we cry out for deliverance? Deliverance from addiction and deliverance from things that keep us bound. What if God wasn't listening when we cried out for deliverance? What kind of mess would I be in today if God never listened to the prayers of my parents asking him to watch over me? Where would I be? What kind of mess would I be in? if God hadn't listened to my parents' prayers. Our God is a listening God. He is a God who listens. Our theme this month is 10 code. We started with, the, with 10 for message received. Everybody look up here a second for a moment. Are you guys ready? 
Here's the thing. Are you ready? There can be no 10-4 without 10-11. There can be no 10-4 without 10-11. And some of the people of God are not 10-11, and therefore they will never experience 10-4. In fact, it's sad to say it, but there's a great deal of the church today, in today's world, that is living their life in 10-7. In fact, they're 10-7, 10-7-A, and 10-7-B. And the excuse that they always give is that they're just way too doggone 10-6. The problem is, if we're always 10-6, then we very quickly find ourselves in a 10-33 situation. If we ignore the 10-33, then we quickly become a 10-9-9-9. We've seen way too many 10-9-9s in the church. It's time for us to wake up and get back 10-11 right? We have to get back 10-11 and stop acting like a 10-56. And if you're here today and that accurately describes you, the good news is that God is 10-43. God is 10-43. In fact, he's 10-43 and he's 10-24. And if you didn't know it already, God is always 10-24 and he's always trying to 10-25. And when we 1025 with God, then he can speak to us and he can communicate with us and all of our fears get put on 1012. Because we are reminded that he has the 1060. He has the 1060 and he is 1017 to our 1033. Every single time. And therefore, we never have to, excuse me, but we, we would never know any of this unless we are 1011. We have to remain 10-11, and therefore we can confidently say 10-4. Does that all make sense? Does that all make sense? Amen. Amen. We're going to close it down today. We're glad you guys decided to join with us today at our church. You know, we need to be people that listen for the voice of God. We have to listen for the voice of God, every single one of us. Youth, you need to listen for the voice of God. Take those moments. When you're by yourself, you know, video games are awesome. Entertainment is awesome. Those things are great. Even hanging out with each other, amazing. But there's nothing that can replace listening for the voice of God. God's voice in your life is a non-negotiable. It needs to be a non-negotiable. If we want to move forward as Christians, move forward as believers, move forward as a church, we have to listen for the voice of God. I thank God that our pastors are people who take the time and create the environment to hear his voice. Hear his voice. Everybody, go ahead and bow your heads today. You know, I don't know everybody here, but I would imagine that there might be someone here today that doesn't know the Lord. Well, you can hear the voice of God too. And you might even have been hearing the voice of God throughout this message. And it might not have been an audible voice, but you feel something that's tugging at your heart. And you feel something that's drawing you, saying, come back to me. Come back to me. And I want to give the opportunity today for anyone in this place today that might need salvation. God is calling you today. He's calling you right now. And you know it. You can hear it. You can feel it. You can feel the Holy Spirit drawing on you, pulling on you. We want to give you the opportunity to respond to that call today. If you're here in this place today and you would say, I need Jesus in my life. I've, I've been doing my own thing for too long. The noise of the world has totally swallowed me up. The noise of social media and trying to do what everybody wants me to do and be what everybody wants me to be and, 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 and go and do all the things that everybody wants me to do and say the things that I'm supposed to say and not say the things I'm not supposed to say. I need a savior. I need someone to rescue me. Well, God is in the rescuing, saving business. 
and you're in the right place today. So I want to give the opportunity. If you're here today, no one is going to embarrass you, but God is looking for a response. God is a listening God, and now he's speaking to you, and he's calling your name, and he's saying, I want you to come back to me, but he needs you to respond today. So if you're here today, and you want, you want to make that response, and you want to say, God, I want to live my life for you, and I want to live my life for Christ, wouldn't you do something today? Would you lift your hand? Just lift it up. Just lift it up. I see that hand right there. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? You can put your hand down. Thank you for that. God bless you. Is there anybody else in this place today? You would say, I, I, I want to join in with this honest person right here, and I want to give my life to Christ. I can feel God pulling on my heart right now. I can feel him pulling on my heart right now. Anybody else in this place? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Just for a moment. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. All right. Can everybody look up here a second? God bless you, sir. Did you mean that? Do you mean that? Can I pray with you real quick? I'm not going to embarrass you. Can you just jump up here? Let's all stand to our feet today. Just come up here. I just want to pray with you. God bless you. Come on, give, give this guy a hand. Fred, you felt the Lord calling on you. You felt him impressing upon your heart. That's very clear. And God wants to, he's going to do a miraculous miracle in your life right now. I'm just going to pray a prayer. Just repeat it after me to but say it out loud. Say it so that, say it so that you're, you're speaking it from your own voice. God is looking for this response from you today. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. I'm not perfect, but I realize my need for a savior. I realize that I need you in my heart to wipe away my sins, to turn my life around, and to make me a new creation. God, I'm wiping away the noise. I'm taking it out of my life so that I can hear your voice. So Lord, come and rest within my heart. And Lord, change me from the inside out. I give you my life today. In Jesus' name, amen.